0: Yes, today uh, on a, a Orleans podcast, uh, we're going to be back in the studio in a second to host the rest of the show, but we're starting off here at the Bulldog. Uh, check out our social media. You'll see what beers we're drinking here, and we're making it out of the Bulldog, and we're going to head on over to the first museum right now. So what museums are we seeing today? Uh, you'll find out in a second.
1: <laughs> all right, before we talk about all the fun stuff we did the past weekend, we have to do how we start every show. Trivia.
0: So our trivia question today has to do with our topic, which is uh, museums, uh, and it it has to do with uh, the oldest building in New Orleans. Hmm. What is the oldest building in New Orleans? I did some research, and there was some conflicting information, but I called up a historian, well he's a tour guide who does history tours around New Orleans, and uh, she set me straight, but I kind of figured this was it also, But, but end of the show.
1: So stay tuned.
0: Yeah, but uh, before we get into the beers, uh, this show we're going to you know, spotlight the entertainment that we uh, invented something called the uh, museum pub crawl. Museum pub crawl. And uh, before we started the pub crawl, we decided that we should, you know, pregame. So we stopped <laughs> by. Bro stopped by Bro magazine to, you know, sort of pick out what beers we're going to cover this week. So we're at Bromart today trying to pick out what local beers we're gonna use this week in our podcast. Well, Bromart Uptown has such a big selection of beer here, but I think Richard's already decided which beers we're gonna use. What are we gonna drink, Richard?
1: Uh, we have the tin roof river rose. It
0: apparently has beets in it. An ale with beet exact color. Oh, that sounds delicious. And uh so uh, what other beer are we going to do, we're going to do Two from Ten Roof, huh? aren't we? Yeah, we're doing the
1: Ten Roof Blonde So yeah. it's a Blonde Ale,
0: and it's pretty good. Well, we'll talk about it more when we get back to the studio. But remember, all this beer is at Bromart, or if you're on the North Shore, at Quistapaste has it, Rouses has many of this, but you can find these beers all over town.
1: All right, and here are the beers that we were looking at tasting
0: today. Uh, we have Tin Roof uh, out of Baton Rouge, and uh, we have their Blonde and their uh, River Rosé. But a little bit about Tin Roof Brewery is it's uh, two guys It's in Baton Rouge, not far from campus, uh, LSU's campus, and like so many breweries, it's because of one of these guys was in Colorado, lived there for a little bit, and he just... So I didn't know. After tasting a bunch of microbrews, there comes back to, to uh, Ban Rouge and says, "There's not a whole lot of good microbrews or good beer around here." It seems like a similar
1: origin story of a lot of our microbrews. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they said
0: we're going to start one. And then uh, the other guy, he uh, he's a lawyer, and he was in Europe. You know, I guess traveling around Europe, wherever he was in Europe, he had the same thing. He's tasting all these different beers, loving these beers, and he comes back and he's like we don't have any really good beers here. And so they got together and they formed a tin roof brewery in November of 20, 2010, they, I think they formed it before then, but that's when they started selling their beers. So uh, well, we have uh, two of their beers here, as you saw, we picked out at Bromart.
1: Yes. And uh, we were checking some of their events they have online, and they do have happy hour yoga where you can drink beer and do some yoga.
0: Yeah, sort of at their brew pub or, or their garden area where they. So, uh, yes, they'll have. And I checked it. They don't have happy hour every day, but they do have happy hour often. And then sometimes they have happy hour followed by yoga. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, and. Um, I'll go to the happy hour. I've never done yoga before, and I don't know. Is it frowned upon as a spectator sport? <laughs> if I have a few beers for a few hours there and they start doing yoga, can I watch? I just want to work off the
1: beer gut that I'm getting from trying all these
0: beers. <laughs> I, 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 the people that are doing yoga, I'd rather not embarrass myself. <laughs> I don't know um, if I can put in the tight doing, pants doing, anymore. Doing the backwards dog or, or whatever it is we'll be, <laughs> we'll be doing over there. But... um. <laughs> Well, we can go ahead and start opening up on uh, these beers. Uh, this one right here, the River Rosé, and what they say here is, is what happens when two brewery owners, uh, the brewers and a beer salesman, get together to drink and they start talking about wine. So they, they got this idea from wine. Mm-hmm. They made this beer because they wanted a refreshing, fruity, easy-to-drink quality of rosé uh, to assess on, yeast, yeast fruity with spicy overbites. and. Uh, no, that all sounds really good. When we bought this, and as you saw in the in the video, when we bought this, all we could really get from this was River Rosé, and we got that it was a beer that had... Uh, an ale with beet extract color.
1: Yes. And I and we bought it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get to pour it in the glass, so I'm very interested in how it looks in yeah. a glass, especially a Saint's glass, because
0: every beer looks good in a Saint's glass. So, yeah, because it's beet color that they use to make it look... I haven't Reddish. had beets in a
1: while, but yeah, that was not a good pour. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see the beat so much, but no. we, but we did drink this beer and the blondie. Yeah, and as you saw,
0: uh, as you will see, we drank it some on the pub crawl. But uh, we'll go ahead and uh, here, just take the can. Yeah, I'll take the cans. We we'll save it for the next one. <laughs> so. Um, so let's go ahead and start drinking this one. We'll open up the blonde in a second as we talk about some of their other beers. Uh, what do you
1: think? It does have that wine taste, which if you do like wine, this might be the beer for you. You know, when we were talking last episode about the people only drink 3% uh, wine during Saints games, this might be a good beer for a Saints game if, uh, if you're a wine drinker. Yeah,
0: and as we said, we drank these beers uh, throughout the day. On our beer pub crawl. And so we already know what they taste like. This isn't our first time tasting them. But as I start going through the list of beers they had, a few of them grabbed my attention. These are the only two that they had in stock yeah. at, at Bromart. But I was looking at these other ones and I'd really like to try these, such as the, uh, the Voodoo, which is a juicy, hazy APA. Ooh. Yeah, I'm not sure. Voodoo is a heavily dry, hopped American pale ale, which relies on flaked wheat oats to enhance the tropical and fruit flavors provided by hops.
1: Why not? Would so, you
0: love your fruity beers? <laughs> yeah. It's melon, passion fruit, tangelo, pine flavors, aromas, you know, and then uh, some, you know, the hops, you know. So that one sounds really good to me to, to try. So we like might try the voodoo drink. Yeah, voodoo sounds really delicious. Another one that appears is the Makato. I'm trying to say that with a little man maxi- too. A, <laughs> a mancado. It didn't sound like you took a class for it's, that one. It's a mancheto. <laughs> uh, so the, the mancado is a Mexican coffee style stout. Ooh. I do yeah. like my stouts.
1: <laughs> now this one, I did like a little bit more, but I'm not
0: so much of a wine drinker. This one, the description reminds me of <laughs> Honey Nut Cheerios. That, that's a good description. <laughs> no, not the taste, but it says it says... Flavors and aromas of whole grain cereal, honey, and hints of caramel shine through. (laughs) It's a honey of an (laughs) O. So let's try it. Let's try that.
1: Yeah, that one is definitely a good... This was a really good walking beer for us. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And and I did say we did drink more of these than of the uh, the other ones. During the heat, I would choose this one over. Uh, As you'll meet Henry later in the show, just for a second, he did love the River Rosé. More than, the, more than the blonde. I do like this one, but as I was saying, I like both of these, but their other ones just sounded so much better and I wish they would have had it. Such yes. As, such as uh, this barrel-aged Smolin Ivan, which is a Russian imperial stout. I like that Russian imperial stout. Yeah, and it comes in the bottle. is cool. I think it had the wax top on the bottle. But mm-hmm. it says, this is our famous Smiling Ivan that has been aged in bourbon barrels for close to a year. The result is a sweet oak bottom flavored Russian imperial stout. That just sounds great. It says, Ivan would be proud. <laughs> so I'm not sure who that is. is. That is a great
1: description. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, but also the, the Voodoo. I should jump back into it for a second. Won awards. It's an award-winning beer. They they have the medal. You'll see right now on the screen uh, is uh, in Colorado uh, the Great American Beer. Or I forget what the, what the name of the contest was, but it's a contest I've heard of, yeah. and they won a gold medal at that for their uh, Voodoo Juicy Hazy beer. So uh, great job, but. Uh, you know, this is our our, our brewery this this week. Uh, tin Roof. Go check out their, you vo- no, their their voodoo beer. Go check out the yoga. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yoga <laughs>
1: For entertainment, there was a lot of choices to pick from. We had the Fried Chicken Festival.
0: Yes, which I wanted to go to uh, after we did the drinking and the walking, but it would start raining. Yes, and then we also had NOLA on Tap, Yes, which is a natural for us, uh, Noel Untapped. It. You know, it's just so many beers that you can try and taste. You know, But uh, we decided to go with the free one, which was? Which was our
1: museum pub crawl with yes. the free tickets from the Smithsonian.
0: Yeah, the Smithsonian Institute. Every year they have a museum day. And about, I'd say about eight or nine museums locally participate in it so you can get in for free with it. They only let you choose one museum but if you have more than one email address you can go to all the museums
1: (laughs) and it's uh each tickets for two people so
0: we were able to have a lot of fun date, (laughs) not not that we're dating (laughs) Um, but but no it's a cheap date you know and and we think that this is going to be an annual thing with 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 the pub crawl but you know there were so many museums to choose from and we actually did not make it to all of them because we chose the drink between museums, <laughs> uh, and, and uh, but, but we'll get to all that. But, you know, we think this might be something we do more often, so we're going to call this our first annual Museum Pub Crawl. All right. all right, we're here at our first museum, where are we going? Uh, we got the uh, Southern Food and uh, Beverage Museum. Also inside here is, you see that? The Cocktail Museum.
1: Definitely. So and we're leaving
0: the bar, going to the Cocktail Museum. And you know us from our show that
1: we do love nice drinks, so this is our um, museum.
0: <laughs> let's go in and see what they got.
1: Welcome to the Southern Food and Beverage Museum. To our your right, my left, is Tube South. It's a restaurant that has a full cool bar and food.
0: You're welcome
1: to bring a snack or a drink
0: into the museum. Our food and beverage museum, after all. On the right hand side over
1: there with the red wall is our Museum of the American cocktail. Um, it culminates in the Absinthe Gallery.
0: And the museum
1: itself is self-guided. It's done state by state, so you can see the green signs. And you feel free to pick anything up as long as you don't break it. So at I- And this museum was pretty interesting because you could not only touch everything that wasn't breakable, but you could eat and drink while you
0: walked through the museum. Yes, they have a bar. They have a bar and a restaurant. So the first thing we did was grab two cocktails and New Orleans original cocktail. (laughs) We have Sazerac. So we got two Sazeracs to walk around the museum with. I will tell you, during the pub crawl, all of our drinks were all
1: New Orleans and Louisiana.
0: (laughs) Yes. so, as we went to uh, went through the museum, the first part, it's actually two museums in one. It's the uh, Southern Food and Beverage Museum, but also it's the Cocktail Museum, so we headed straight to the cocktail part. <laughs> yeah, we did that first. Yes, they had a huge hurricane made with Southern Comfort, but I thought our hurricanes were a rum drink, but uh, it was a Southern Comfort hurricane. Uh, we stood next to that and enjoyed our Sazeracs. Uh, they had absinthe there. They had, a, like, a little absinthe area of the museum, yeah. which... You know, remember they don't sell absinthe anymore.
1: Yeah, and it was really interesting too. Is uh, they had some guys cooking up oysters on their designed oyster, sh- reusable oyster
0: shells. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not only did they have a restaurant, they had a little kitchen that that they do uh, for the tourists or anybody that's in the museum, show you how to prepare dishes. And we walked right in there and we didn't see them prepare the dish, you know, but we did walk in in time to eat some free oysters. <laughs> so we had a Sazerac one hand and we had some, I don't even know what kind of oysters they were, but they, they were delicious. Yeah, yeah. They were really good. So we came at the best time, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> we got free food and some drinks. <laughs> yeah. So we ate get our oysters and we continued through the museum. Uh, so we, we uh, continued and saw some old classic New Orleans uh, liquors in there, some Schwegman stuff. and and. Our The ones they did not have can be black and green label. Maybe Um, you'll have to make a donation. That's not happening (laughs) (laughs) if I ever make a donation. There'll be empty bottles. <laughs> <laughs> our, our, our color water. I'm like, I used to do to my parents' bar when I was little.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. I also like dude Like everything in there was the the old paper bags, the Bromarts and all the yeah, paper yeah. bags. The pop even had Popeyes things where they showed
0: you all the because it's the food. Yeah, know. the Southern food. It wasn't just Louisiana food. I mean, they, it's Southern food is I guess anything south of the Mason Dixon line because they had West Virginia there, which you know, was a very small part of a food exhibit because I lived in West Virginia and they had pizza rolls and that's what West Virginians eat. Uh, But we kind of skipped the rest of it because the only relevant food is New Orleans and Louisiana food. So, you know, they had red beans, they had the Popeyes, like you just said, snowballs, uh, you know, just... It, it was a really good experience to, to, to go go there. I really enjoyed this museum. I enjoyed the fact that you could. Most museums you gotta be quiet and not you know. But here, you, yeah, they told us we could pick up everything as long as we don't break it. <laughs> yeah, and that was really exciting.
1: It was really, you could really feel the history, and it was a lot
0: of stuff where you were as a kid going. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. And, and, and yeah, and and the snowballs and you know, it was it was it was a really great museum. I suggest you know. Locals, you go to that. I mean, it's so nostalgic for people my age, and people your age too. Mm You know, just to look back and see the New Orleans culture and things that that have come before. Because without food and and cocktails, you know, all we got is jazz. (laughs) (laughs) No, we got a lot more now. We we have a lot of uh, history and heritage, as you'll see in some of the other museums that we didn't get to. But on our website, I have a list of all the museums. Definitely. So, what did you think of the that, that museum? The go again, one I would definitely
1: go again. I think it would be really—it's a really good one to take your your parents and stuff because, like you said, this is that nostalgia where it's like I remember this grocery yes. store or I remember this bottle. And then even too, they even have cookbooks on sale there, like old style cookbooks, oh, yeah. like
0: for a dollar each. They have, yeah, they have a bunch a bunch of cookbooks there in those southern cookbooks and they're all a dollar each and so. if you're thinking about a date you can be loud you can bring in drinks
1: you can try foods and stuff so it's a very hands-on laid back museum what is the you date's you? hands-on or the museum's hands-on the museum's okay. hands-on okay i don't know the sazerac was kind of strong so. so and i will say it was a very good sazerac but not as good as josh's yeah, from we last, last week Josh's. <laughs> you, okay you've ruined me josh <laughs> on sazerac
0: so, so then uh, we moved on to the next museum here we are at the World War II Museum, our second stop on the beer pub uh, museum crawl today. (laughs) So I still have my... still have my beer. Definitely. I finished mine. I'm sorry.
1: But uh, this is obviously one of the most popular museums in New Orleans. Well known with the addition of Tom Hanks giving tons of money to it. Also brought some national spotlight to it. But we're going to see if it uh, lives up to the hype. Yes, and of course the World War II museum is the most
0: famous museum in New Orleans. Yeah. And before you even get into the museum, they have things going on. Like we saw these guys putting together and, and rolling out one of those big guns, artillery and, pieces. Yeah. yeah, yeah. These young guys, you know, dressed in you know the authentic you know World War II gear, and, and just the crowd gathered around. So you didn't even have to pay to get into the museum to do that. Not that we paid, we got in free. Yeah. Or they also have two World war two
1: vets that sit there and tell you awesome stories that are yes. really cool. It's really exciting, but I would definitely say do this one last or spend the whole day at it because it is very sobering.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, granted, we we had the pub crawl slash you know, museum thing going on, uh, but even after a few beers, you walk through that museum, you're just like, "Holy crap!" You know, just just what these people did for freedom, did for our country, did for you know all the countries that affected by world war ii it's just it's just something and i've been there before you've been there before yes i've been there but many times. every year you go back because it's growing i mean it was only one building when i well, it was two buildings when i went but the second building wasn't finished now they have the second building a third fourth i think they have four or five buildings there they have the victory uh i think the cafe what's it called yes the victory do. theater and, and the, then they have uh,
1: beyond all boundaries uh yeah, that's the, narrated by Tom Hanks. Yeah, the 4D movie. Yeah, that one's really awesome. That wasn't free on this day, so we'll have to go back. Yeah, to that that's one. definitely. <laughs> but one thing I did like, uh, I've noticed they've had this year, is a lot about how African Americans and Japanese Americans, even though African Americans were segregated at this time and Japanese Americans were put yes. into camps, how much they
0: were such an asset to the war. Yeah, even, even being discriminated against how these... Uh, Marginalized people just gave everything for our country. Which, when we get into news, we'll, we'll we'll meet one such person from World War II. Yeah, and they were they were some of the best fighters. There was that uh, was that uh, fighter group that uh, the Tuskegee the Airmen. Yes. the Tuskegee Airmen too, who uh, you know the the fighter pilots or bombers. I forget what they were, but you know they were integral to the to the war. The Tuskegee Airmen, and those were all African Americans. Yes. So it's really good. They've added a lot more. They're able
1: to now, with all the buildings, focus on each campaign instead of like a quick run through. But they've got videos. They've got, you feel like you're in the bowel of a bulge, like (laughs) with the ice and the. It it is immersive.
0: You're walking through there and you're you're walking through a jungle. You're walking through a kitchen. You're walking through all these different areas. It's just, these other museums we went to were really nice museums. It's more or less, you know, well, it, the next one was really, really good, too, and put together. But most museums that you know, are free or are in the world are just these big rooms with a bunch of stuff in there. You know, yeah. like display cases and shelves. But this one and the next one we're going to talk about that we went to are just immersive experiences. You're walking through it, and it was so crowded. Uh, people, it's, it's actually the uh, second most popular museum in the world. It's also really? the second most popular museum in the United States. So <laughs> that means number one is... The people who threw this museum day, the yeah. Smithsonian in, in in Washington D.C. is the most popular museum in 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 the world. So, but number two museum in the world, it's pretty good in New Orleans, and it's the official National World War II Museum.
1: Yes. And I mean, you go in there and you know it's very New Orleans because the first thing to your left is a Higgins boat yes. that was designed and made in New Orleans. And that's part
0: of the reason why it's here because the Higgins boat was so integral during D-Day, which we're not going to get into the history, neither of us are history majors. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it did on D-Day, gave us a way to get the get the soldiers to the beaches semi-safely because, you know, if you've seen, say, the we save a Saving Private Ryan, it wasn't safe. No. Uh, but another reason why is because, why it's in New Orleans is because Dr. Stephen Ambrose was teaching at UNO, and he's, he was the foremost, utmost respected historian when it comes to World War II. I knew him personally because I used to shoot his telecourses. I used to work cameras for his telecourses, and the stories he told would have me—I'd always mess up. I'd mess up my cameras because I'm watching him and not watching what my job was because just the way that he told stories he wouldn't say that well uh, ike once said that blah 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 about the war he would say, when i sat down with ike this is what he told me happened and i was like holy crap you know he sat down with ike he sat down with all these you know yeah and uh, nixon and all, you know all these people that were around throughout history when different things so um especially with world war ii so Yes. Uh, New Orleans is where it belongs, the World War II Museum, and you know, I'm proud to have it here. Definitely. Uh, I'm not, I'm going to tell you these other museums are going to make you happy. You're going to have fun going through them. You're going to learn a lot of things. This museum is the most powerful one. You're not going to walk out of there happy and dancing. Yeah. But you'll, you'll walk out of there... If you've never been there before, you can walk out of there changed and with a new respect. And I mean,
1: we had to do it in an hour because we had
0: several museums to go to. Because well, we've
1: been there before, yes. But this is definitely an all-day thing. This is not a hey, let's go do this at ten and then go eat lunch at eleven. No, this is like you should plan your day out. To go yes. There.
0: So uh, everybody goes to a World War II museum. Now we're going to light things up because we went to a, we went to a good variety of museums, and this this next one will show you how far we went away from the World War II museum. Yeah
1: at our next museum and I've got my fresh beer. Yes,
0: you can see the beers that we're highlighting this week. And now we're gonna go see some bugs. Museum number three and beer number Do you think it whatever. pairs well with the tin roof uh, cricket? I think it may pair well with a roasted cricket. Let's hope <laughs> they have some. Yes.
1: So as you can see, our next museum was the
0: Audubon Butterfly Garden and Insectorium. Insectorium. I brought my kids there years ago. And it did, I mean, I'm not going to say it changed a whole lot since last time I've been there. But without my kids, well, Henry was there with me, but he's a lot older now. Without my kids, I enjoyed it. I like, you know, going through there and looking at the bugs and, you know, seeing different things. And, I mean, it gets a little adult at times in there because there were two... Uh, yeah, there were two
1: beetles... Um, Doing the birds and the bees. Yeah, they were, they, they were making a little Ringo. <laughs> and some kid, I, I remember some kid said, that's how Mardi Gras beads are made. And I was just like, sure. Yeah, because they they're colorful beetles. Yeah,
0: because they were very colorful beetles. Uh, but, no, you know, the, just, I mean, a lot of creepy things you'll see in there. You know, the ants and, and, and the other ones, especially the roaches. Oh, yeah. They had a yeah. lot of roach facts about yeah. New Orleans. Yes, they did. And, and just... And, and just showing, because we all know roaches here. I mean, I've seen roaches so big that you can put a leash on them in this city. And that one little exhibit that you know, see the video right now, of the roaches crawling around the kitchen and walking on the walls, uh, that looks like my first apartment in college. <laughs> I mean, roaches aren't quite that big, but. You know, yeah, definitely. I, I had to eat their leftovers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. It was very immersive, too. Like, you went underground and yeah. did the worm exhibit, and they had,
0: like, a bug pop out of on the wall. It, it wasn't just uh, bugs. They had, well, they had mud bugs. They had that really coolly colored mud bug in the, in the beginning. Mm. Uh, they discussed some alligators. They had, you know, They had rows. the blue shrimp. Yeah, and the a p rows that you can get in and pretend, you know, like you're, you're in the bayou. gone the bayou show. I think the best thing was the
1: worker there's facial expression
0: when we tried to climb into that P-Row. <laughs> <laughs> and the facial expression when I tried to climb my big ass house. Yeah, that dewed went the other room. <laughs> uh, there's like no insurance for that. Uh, but uh, Insectarium encourages you to use all five senses as you explore North America's largest museum devoted to insects and their relatives. You'll discover why insects are the building blocks of all life on our planet. Along with the way you'll be shrunk to a bug size, wander through a mysterious Louisiana swamp, join the active audience of an award show for bugs, by bugs, and be captivated by thousands of butterflies in the Asian garden, voted a top museum for you and your kids by CNN.com. Oh, and really? I love the butterfly part. You know, and I guess that's a kid thing, but just it was so cool because – all the other bugs are behind glass, you couldn't touch the bugs. Yeah. Uh, granted, they, they tell you beforehand, you know, be careful with the butterflies, you know. Yeah, you don't want to hurt them. Yeah, you don't touch the butterflies, the butterflies touch you. Yeah. You know, so, But it was cool, butterflies are landing on people, I could get some really cool photos of butterflies, they were just, butterflies are just beautiful. Yeah, I was saying that they should have a restaurant
1: in there, because I would sit there all day and eat around butterflies. Yeah, well, <laughs> they did have
0: a restaurant sort of in the back, and it's a restaurant yeah. where they serve bugs yes uh we were able to try cricket cookies yes we tried the cricket cookies and uh, they did pair well with the uh, yeah they were delicious Rose. <laughs> <laughs> with the tin roof rosé uh but there's other you know uh things that they serve sometimes there they encourage you to eat bugs well in uh, some other countries that's what they eat they eat a lot yeah. of bugs i actually like the cricket i thought it was really tasty yeah it, it tastes like almond that's what they said <laughs> and, uh, it, it tastes a little like almond uh, I, you know, you had two cookies. So. Yeah, I was about to eat them like chips. <laughs> but, uh,
1: <laughs> that's why I had trouble in the, in the B-row.
0: But no, uh, that's another one I suggest. If you've never been to the, to the museum, I guess you could be creepy like us and go there without kids. <laughs> <laughs> or, or bring a niece and nephew or bring your own kids if you have one. You know, but it, it is an experience, and it's part of the Ottawa Nature Institute. The aquarium and the zoo weren't included on the Smithsonian thing, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that this one was, and I've been to the aquarium and zoo a lot. This one yes. I've only been to once before.
1: Yes, and it was like the D-Day where you're immersed in it. It was really cool. And the blue shrimp was – I've never seen a blue shrimp before. A crawfish. And the blue crawfish. Because was been... a mud
0: bug. It's a bug museum. I've never, yes, I've never seen a blue crawfish before. Or shrimp, for that matter. Or shrimp, for that matter. So, uh, <laughs> But after this, uh, we took a walk down Bourbon Street. enjoyed Because you know, we ran out of these beers. We had to go get more for the show today. And enjoyed a few uh, from another brewery. Yes, definitely. And, and then we headed to our last museum. Because we didn't have time to make all of them. But... Okay, so we were going to do five. But the Cabildo closed early. So because uh, we were drinking too much didn't get there in time so now we're at the uh, the voodoo museum we still have our drinks i'm passing yeah. it up with a paper bag uh but this our last stop because it's getting late and all the museums close early
1: yeah i'm really excited
0: to learn a little bit about voodoo
1: history which is big in new orleans culture yeah.
0: and like see you see you
1: inside all right so this museum i've Honestly, never even heard of it until
0: you told me that we were going to it that day. I'd heard of it, but I just figured it was a tourist thing. But, you know, that was part of our deal for this uh, pub crawl is to be a tourist in your own town. Be a tourist in our own town. So what better tourist thing to go do is go do, down to the French Quarter and go to a voodoo museum. Yeah. So uh, this was the uh, New Orleans Historic Voodoo Museum. Uh, once you get in there, it's... It's the smallest museum we went to (laughs) by far.
1: It is two rooms
0: and a hallway. Yeah, (laughs) and a lobby where you can buy gifts and voodoo stuff. Yes. Uh, I would say go there instead of the one on Bourbon Street. This is just off of Bourbon Street.
1: Yeah, this one was really interesting. Uh, there was a lot of cigarettes around. I don't know if that, maybe you can comment at the bottom of the video and tell us why, but we didn't know yeah, why there was what so many know, cigarettes. No
0: was smoking in there, but I, I, don't, I wasn't sure what cigarettes and voodoo, the tie-in was. There was a lot of cigarettes and a lot of money just shoved in different artifacts throughout there. They had a room. They had yeah. a, a big alligator-headed rougarou, which you know we went to. You know, you to school down the bayou. I work down the bayou, so the rougarou is a thing that people are concerned with. And we did the voodoo tradition where you roll up money into a letter and
1: you say what you would like the
0: uh, yeah, your wish or your your, yeah. like your praise, and then you have to do a little chant or a prayer or and knock on the wood, knock on the the stump that you shove it in. So Richard did all that, and and luckily uh, we used uh, some some Canadian currency Henry had on them instead of, you know, actual money. We <laughs> used the loony.
1: Yeah, we both didn't have cash on us for no. the, they didn't take debit.
0: So. Yeah. Uh, you know, but no, there were lot, that was crowded too. Granted, it was really small, but we had to wait a little while to get into that one because it, it's just so popular and right off Bourbon Street and people come to New Orleans, they want to learn about voodoo. And there was a lot to learn about. They had portraits, they had uh, just, just, Telling you different things about the history of voodoo, which I didn't know a whole lot about. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I knew a lot, about, a lot about voodoo more than an average person, but I did learn. Yeah, definitely.
1: It is a really cool one. And like you said, I think you should go see it at least once while yes. you live in New Orleans or visiting. It's a very good, like, knock it out in an hour and then go get some lunch or something. Yeah. And, and
0: even though this is the last one that we went to, I would say that you should, um, you should, you should go to this one uh, on free museum day just you know knock out these these little ones that you probably never ever go to which um, we're going to talk about a few more few more museums in a second after we you know show one more video or we sign sign off but but yeah, do
1: it on free museum days. So that way you can experience it, and maybe you know learn a little bit more about
0: your local museums because there's a lot. All right. Wait, we just wait. wait. Did... I just realized we didn't introduce Henry to everybody. Okay, come on, Henry. Come on in. There's Henry. This
1: is Henry. This is the son of the one and only Lance Arnold, Henry Arnold. It's a shad. <laughs> he came us. He came along with us on this journey. And what'd you learn, Henry?
2: Um. I learned that I really don't like hanging out with these two, but they're very funny. <laughs> yeah,
0: and free beer, right? And free beer. Free beer. Free beer. Free beer it's a catch-22 awesome hanging it's out true. with us, too. So, <laughs> but That's that's a wrap on the museums, but we're going to talk about it a lot more uh, right now back in the, the awesome, uh Bar. See you there. Tavern.
2: Another museum that we're supposed to go to, as you saw, that we didn't have time
0: for was the Cabildo. And I really wanted to go there. They closed at 5.30, and we realized at the Bug Museum at around 5.20, we just weren't going to make it. So we went straight to Bourbon Street, then to the Voodoo Museum. Yes. Uh, but, you know, the Cabildo, I've been to it yes. as a kid. I don't remember a whole lot. I just remember snow. You but the Cabildo itself is historical. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, one, they celebrated the, uh, the signing of the Louisiana Purchase there when the Louisiana Purchase was signed. You can't get any more Louisiana than the Louisiana yeah. Purchase. It's not just the stuff <laughs> in the Cabildo that's historic. And, you know, the Cabildo, the St. Louis Cathedral, and the Presbyterian all right next to each other, all designed by the same guy. You know, and you know, they're all, you know, I guess, equally old or, or just about the same age as each other. Uh, a new presentation there is New Orleans just last year turned 300 years old. So they had the big presentation on, you know, we love you, New Orleans, or, you know, in a 300th anniversary, you know, celebrating, you know, 300 years of New Orleans, which, you know, that is awesome. That's enough to go see, which I'm going to go, and I'm going to pay.
1: <laughs> yes, definitely. You
0: have know, friends of Cabildo, you know, uh, y'all shared our stuff about Museum Day on social media, and damn, I really wanted to get to go see the, see the Cabildo again, because I hadn't been there since I was a kid, and I have fond memories of it. And I really want to see one of the major things that they have is
1: the Napoleon death mask.
0: Yeah. The, uh, only four Napoleon death masks exist. And it's a bronze mask. So 40 days after Napoleon died they did these bronze masks in Napoleon. And <laughs> only four of them exist and one of them is right here in the Cabildo. But uh, other things at the Cabildo as I already told you, the Louisiana Purchase celebration you know, of, of the signing was there. Uh, it was the home of of New Orleans government. It was home with the Louisiana Supreme Court. And not a lot of people will get this, but you know we're both mass media people. Mm-hmm. And the Supreme Court of Louisiana in that building were the ones that did the Plessy versus Ferguson case, which is a famous legal case. You can Google it. I'll put the link on the website. We're not going to get into all that. Yeah. So, uh, but Plessy versus Ferguson, I had no idea that that took place in the Cabildo. Um, then the Cabildo turned into the Louisiana State Museum. The Cabildo and the Presbyterian are both the Louisiana State Museum. Uh, I think that was in the early 1900s, like 1908, 1909, around that area. Mm-hmm. And it's been in the museums ever since then. Now, I know you, what year were you born? 92. 92. 92. So you wouldn't even remember this. But in, 19, in 1988, the Cabildo caught on fire. And I remember. Oh, no. You know, I, was, I was in high school. But I remember it caught on fire, and it just decimated the building. Just I don't, I don't remember the stories how they got the stuff out of there, the death mask and all those things out of there uh, that, they, that they wanted to save. But they rebuilt it using the same techniques that they used to build it in the first place, the French techniques. You know, They didn't use modern ways of building. And they rebuilt the Cabildo the same way. it was built the first time so so i suggest come along with us because i'm going to go to cabildo i'm going to go there soon just because i hadn't been there so long and i'm really upset that we didn't make it make it to there on the free museum day but if any of our museums deserve our money it'd be the Louisiana state museum so let's support the cabildo um but there's lots of museums in new orleans that we did make it to including cabildo and uh, whole list of them is on our website noahsome.com so go check that out uh, go click on podcasts and you'll see this podcast which is the uh, museum pub crawl podcast episode number eight i think yeah we've think been doing this for yeah at least you know, two months. <laughs> yeah so um uh, so go check on those but a few more i want to talk about just we have a lot of really interesting museums in this this city yeah and i just want to talk about a few other ones and one that I've heard about, I hadn't been to yet, but I think... Did you go to this one? The Museum of Death? Uh, I have not been to the okay. Museum of Death yet. I haven't been there uh, either, either. But the people that did this, they're not trying to be creepy and all, but they're, they're trying to, to fill a void on education about death. Yeah. You know, because everybody's afraid of death, and you know we all have our own phobias, fears, and the ways that we're going to deal with death in our families, or even our own impending death, because it happens to all of us. Yeah. You know, That in taxes. So, um... So, what they have there is the world's largest collection of serial killer artwork, antique funeral ephemera, I don't know what that means, <laughs> and quarters instruments, Manson family memorabilia, that's pretty cool, pet death taxidermy, crime scene photographs, and a lot more. Each location, they have two locations, they have one in California, is entirely unique as the museum does not feature any replicas or duplicates of the exhibits, so everything there in there is real. If you see a letter from Charles Manson, it's the letter from Charles Manson. Yeah. You know, if you see crime scene photos, it's crime, you know.
1: So if you're really into, like, forensic files or... Uh, any of that, or if you, like you said, if you have a fear of death, this might be a good thing to help get over death, just being like, immersing therapy, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Children are allowed, children are not allowed without parents, they do warn you, saying, No, it's graphic, so, you know, know that going in, it's not the Insectarium. No. (laughs) Granted, there's a lot of death in the Insectarium, because a lot of those butterflies and things are on pins, you know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're looking at a lot of dead bugs at the Insectarium, (laughs) but... You know, this one's all about death. They, they do say that a lot of people have fainted there and fallen down, and, you know, just because of the intensity of some of the exhibits at the Museum of Death. This is in the French Quarter, but that's one that I, you know, I, I want to get to.
1: Now, there's one that really interests me that I don't think many people know about when we did our research and our meeting. This is what we talked about. But the Great American Alligator Museum has piqued my interest. Um, so Robert McDade continued his collection of everything he can find relating to alligators. So he, this guy has been collecting alligators for years, and now has a museum for yeah, it. Yeah, he
0: just collects everything alligators. <laughs> and we're, we're talking, you know, like the most mundane things like board games and, and you know, and what uh, was it said that he had the largest collection of ashtrays? Ashtrays. Uh, <laughs> ashtrays and salt and pepper shakers. But he's collecting <laughs> some pretty scientific old, old stuff. You know, it's like, um, what was it, uh, 50 million... Year-old alligator fossil, uh, ten million-year-old alligator fossil. Uh, So that looks like a fun one. Another historic one, and we talked about when we're talking about Sazerac that that was a pharmacist who came up with the Peshawds, you know, bitters and all that. Yeah, and uh, we have a strong history of, of pharmacy in this city, which I didn't realize. I knew we had a pharmacy museum. I didn't think too much about it, like why why is the pharmacy museum here in New Orleans? But it's because the first pharmacist, first licensed pharmacist in this country was in New Orleans. Uh, His name was Louis J. DeFillo, Jr. And um, the reason why he was the first licensed pharmacist is because we were the first state that required that you have a license to be pharmacist. Yeah, so that's why that museum is here. So you can learn all about pharmacy. There's a whole bunch of pharmacy artifacts. A few more, the uh, Wax Museum. the uh, Musée Kantai. The Wax Museum is really cool. I have been there. I've been through there once quickly because I did DJ an event on the uh, upstairs. There, But the Wax Museum, from what I understand, from what I saw quickly, it's sort of the history of New Orleans in wax form. Yes. You know, you'll see soldiers, you'll see plantation, you'll see people dressed in the antebellum dresses. And, you know, so you know, you'll see probably Samuel Clements, Mark Twain. You'll see, you know, a lot of yeah. Southern history in New Orleans history. In wax form, you're not going to see Samuel Jackson in wax form or Tom Cruise in wax no, form. No, it's not the you it's know. not that. A few other ones: the uh, New Orleans Museum of Art, which is another real serious, beautiful museum in City Park. We talked about that one in our first episode when we talked about City Park. So it's uh, free for know. everyone from Louisiana on Wednesdays. And I'll put a link for on novelson to tell you more about that one. Also, we talked about it a little bit, I think, in another podcast it was Louisiana Children's Museum. Yes. Yeah, so and the Louisiana Children's Museum just opened. Just, just opened a new uh, museum in City Park. They moved off Julia Street. Now they're in City Park. And I actually received an invitation for the grand opening, which I couldn't go. I think we were doing stand-up comedy that night. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so you had the Louisiana Children's Museum. Uh, we also have the Historic New Orleans Collection, which I've never been there, but I've seen a lot of things from there. The Historic New Orleans Collection has documents and photos just from all through time in New Orleans. Uh, they just expanded into like 13 historic buildings all over the French Quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a really good one if you to learn about the history of New Orleans. Or if you're a researcher, because they have the documents that you can go in there and check out. So it's like a library slash museum, slash it just has all the archives. Yeah, it's really cool.
1: See, there's so much you can do in New Orleans that don't involve just drinking or going to a festival. There's just so yeah. much you can do. Just walk around, go visit a museum,
0: you know, learn some cool yeah. stuff. And quickly, just a few more museum. Backstreet Culture Museum. I like this one because... Uh, It was founded by a guy who was in a carnival crew or at a parade. And he went up to a photographer and said, hey, I'd like this photo you took of me. And the guy said, okay, that'd be $35. (laughs) And he just didn't think that was Frank. That's a photo of me and you're charging me $35 for it. So he went and bought some cameras. And he just, for years and years and years, for decades, took pictures of people at carnival, made it available to them. But he also made it available to us in his museum just of all these photos. So that's the uh, Backstreet Culture Museum. Uh, and finally, the last one I just want to mention is the New Orleans Jazz Museum. That's in the Old Mint at the end of the French Market at the foot of Esplanade near the river. You'll see a big building and in there is the, is the uh, New Orleans Jazz Museum. And you know, of course, you know, so we got the food, we got the, we got the cocktails, now go see the jazz, the jazz museum. And as you saw also the stage in there, the beautiful theater.
1: Beautiful theater in there. I saw the Bird Food Festival and it was beautiful. The acoustics is awesome. Like, you're
0: just really comfortable, and honestly, time flies when you are listening to music in there. <laughs> yeah. And I've been fortunate enough to have in that theater six of my films shown in there, along with, because they were all musicians, along with musicians that would play after my films. And it was just, you know, so it's a great museum, and it's a great space. And usually those shows that they have up in the theater are free. You know, mm-hmm. when you're paid admission to the, to the museum, you can just go on up and... You know and see what's going on going on up there and it's a block from Frenchman Street so after you do that you can go down to Frenchman Street and hear some more jazz and blues so we just given you probably two months worth of entertainment yeah. <laughs> in one yeah. segment but uh, go to the website because there's so many more museums yes. that we just don't have time to talk about but I'm mm-hmm. gonna put the museums on there with a list full of links to go find mm-hmm. out more about these museums because for for a city our size we probably got more museums than Metro. You no know, huge cities. You know, like we just have we have a lot of museums because we have a lot of history and we have a lot of cool stuff in the City, and we have culture. Okay, <laughs> but so anyway, that's it with entertainment.
1: Yeah, let's head to news. Well, since we spent so much time on museums, we decided to only give you
0: really two news topics. Two quick topics. Yeah. Yeah, so the first one, they have something to do with museums, both of them. And the first one is that the oldest living World War II veteran celebrated his 110th birthday at the World War II Museum. So that's what we were referring to earlier, that this uh, gentleman, um, Lawrence Brooks, was born in 1909. And served predominantly in the african-american 91st engineer battalion stationed in new guinea and then the philippines and his job because as we were saying about about the the jobs of you know some of the uh, minorities that were in the military and so they actually had a big party for him with oh, really? cake and other things and they had the victory bells the the, the, the three ladies that do the singing there uh you know sing to him and you write know, up on him and I, I just know those ladies are right up singing on me. My heart's gonna race so, You know, I really hope he makes it to 111. Yeah and On to the next
1: bit of news uh, The Sazerac house is opening up on October 2nd And this story is kind of close to me because I will be working at the Sazerac house on the weekends as a
0: tour guide yeah. And uh, real quick, let's watch this video
1: uh, You look like you could use a drink I'll just give you a minute Once you know what you want, you just go ahead and
2: choose. And if you need me, just give a holla. My name's Marie. The Sasserich House is New Orleans' latest attraction. Uh, It is available for the general public to come and enjoy and appreciate the history and culture of cocktails and how that relates to the city of New Orleans. Each bartender will have its own set of recipes and cocktails that you you can choose from and interact with. Uh, You will learn about the history and uh, techniques on how to make that perfect cocktail.
0: Quite a delicious 30 proof liqueur.
2: As part of the tour experience, you will be able to enjoy multiple samples along the way. One of which could be the Sassarac cocktail, or you might be able to enjoy Sassarac rye, neat. Well, I really love that you can find out about the history of the Sazerac cocktail and uh, you get free samples. And so, hey, what's not to love, right? <laughs>
1: it's like an adult Disneyland. You just go and you tap on the glass, and it gives you cocktail
2: recipes you can send right to your phone. You got all these movies going on with all this history. You feel a lot smarter and maybe a little bit buzzed when you leave. People travel from all over the world, not only for our food, our culture, but drinks people will become familiar with a hurricane or a hand grenade well you now are coming for a Sazerac uh, cocktail as well.
1: So as you know the Sazerac is the Louisiana state drink and the oldest cocktail so there's a lot of history to go with that and it's a really cool place.
0: To be. Yeah. So it's opening up soon and um, you know look for Richard. Not that I'm biased on the story. (laughs) So um, I think that's it. That's uh, all. Oh, wait. I thought we had
1: something else we had to do. Was it more news or? No. Uh, Trivia. Trivia. All right, so Are you all ready for the answer? Well, the answer is the Ursuline Convent, built in 1752. Yeah,
0: and as I mentioned earlier, I did the research, and I had heard that this was the oldest building, and I looked it up, and it, indeed it said it was the oldest building. But then I found on uh, two other websites which claim that Lafitte's blacksmith shop on Bourbon Street was the oldest building, except they said it was built in the what the uh, 1720s, and Lafitte didn't come to to New Orleans to so the 1750s or <laughs> <right, right>. after. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, but, you no, know, so yes, it is indeed the Ursuline convent, but the most interesting thing that I saw, and I saw this, I've been on a few ghost tours, just being a tourist in your own town, you should take a ghost tour. Uh, even if you don't believe in ghosts, it's just fun to do and to learn. to you learn about history. And in this, they talked about the casket girls at the convent. And what that was is there's, I don't know the complete story, I don't remember at all, but the story goes that these girls were brought over from France, I think. And it's sort of like the beginning of the vampires. Or these girls were vampires. They locked them up on the top, top floor. They closed the shutters, nailed, them, ma- nailed the shutters shut, and the doors shut up there with the girls because they were evil. And they had the nails that they, they nailed everything shut with, blessed by the Pope. Jeez. And so the girls couldn't come out. So take, take it for what you want. You'll find a lot of ghost stories in New Orleans that, that you know, may fall short of the truth, but they're fine. I don't watch horror movies because I think they're true. I watch them because they're interesting.
1: Yeah, definitely. And there is some scary stuff with the story. No ghosts at all. Like, some
0: of those stories are scary enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's it for this podcast. But, uh, you know, if you want to learn more about anything we talked about, there's pictures, more pictures than you saw here. There's links to everything we talked about on com. And, uh, you know, you can respond to us. You can, you know, ask us questions. Hey, all you do is have to hashtag us. At N-O-P-C. Hashtag N-O-P-C or hashtag New Orleans Podcast. And if you would
1: like your beer uh, shown and tasted on the show, make sure you give us a message. Well,
0: we're pushing that up.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, we like free museums. We love free, free beer. beer. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, that's our show. Thank you all for watching. <laughs>